Hello and welcome to episode 188 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Taylor King, writer of Glark and Bow, issue two, coming to Kickstarter soon. Taylor, thanks so much for coming back on the podcast. Um, how about if you start us off with a quick bio about yourself, and then after that, give us uh, an elevator pitch for this book and a little bit more about the the adventures of Glark and Bow in issue two. Yeah. Hey, Matt. Uh, yeah, it's good to talk to you again. Um... A uh, little of me. Oh, okay. Um, bio. Um, I was born in 1989. Wait, <laughs> is, is that too much bio? That, that might be oh. a little bit too much in depth. <laughs> okay. Well, I am a, an, uh, an art student. I'm an artist. Uh, and I guess I'm a writer now. Um, always wanted to be. Uh, and a sci-fi fan, most of all. And um been friends with uh, Ben Napier for several years, both of us being in the music community in Dallas-Fort Worth. Um, I studied art at Tarrant County College and got a visual arts degree. And um, I actually, my day job is as an antique art restorer. So I restore uh, antique frames and artwork and stuff. And I'm also just a, a... do artwork on my own so that's what all this stuff is (laughs) just have stuff to make things and do things very nice and and what about this book uh you know we've talked to you a couple of times we talked to you once sort of pre-issue one then we talked to you guys during the kickstarter but now we're gearing up for for two so how about a little bit more about this book yeah uh number two so originally glurk and bow was just going to be a one shot to cut our teeth on and the way that I go, the world was just kind of building itself. I've been learning that I'm a discovery writer and not like a, only a planner writer. I do outline, but I like to figure things out along the way, find them. Um, so the story just blew up and grew. And so now we have six planned issues. And we're just going to continue following Glurk and Bo, uh, our two uh, space trucker dudes. Um, and we are going at uh, number two. I had to remember what I was doing. Uh, number two is called uh, Haunting on Titan Station. Nice. And so we are going to a little space station. Um, little mention of it in number one at the very end. There's like the the uh, the scary creature uh, makes a facsimile of Bo. We call it Dark Bo, <laughs> and he tells Glurk to go to Titan, and then Bo comes back in. Is like, wait, do we change course? Yeah, you told me. Uh, and it, they just kind of forget about it because they're dreaming about being ripped to shreds. And so we start number two. We're at, we're at Titan. And they figure out that um, things happened while they were still kind of asleep. And they find uh, a lot of bad situations on the space station. And the world of Glurk and Bo kind of gets a little bigger. I introduce a villain or two. Um, We sort of see more just people that populate this universe. Um, And we get a new character, uh, Judy, who I love a lot. 
Very cool. So while you were talking there, I had a, a couple of, of things that popped up for, for interview questions. Uh, I think first what I want to ask you is you had mentioned that initially this was going to be a one shot. Yeah. And then sort of the, you know, while you were writing it, uh, you, 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 the, the world was going to, you knew that the world was going to expand. You wanted to tell more stories. So did you go, did you, when it was a one shot, did you sort of have like a solid, like this ends the story, this ends everything. And then from there, you sort of had to change, change it up to, to expand the world. I think the expansion definitely started mid number one. I mean, so it was like, Hey, you know, after 10 pages or something, I'm like, Hey, Ben, I got more story in here and we can do all of this stuff and just kind of pitched all these ideas. And he was like, let's do it. And actually it's a, um, I don't, I don't know the exact word you would use for it, but we have a few other series planned that will be in the same universe like it's a whole a whole deal awesome so you also had mentioned that you you have an outline but you're a bit of a discovery writer so it seems like maybe in that issue one you either you know came to that conclusion or did you know that before because you were you were writing it and like as you got in it you were you know 10 pages in you were like hey i got more was was that uh, the the time when you figured out you were a discovery writer or what did you know a little bit about that beforehand? Well, I've known that about myself for a long time, but I think the discovery for Glurk and Bo happened really, uh, Ben and I would do what we call powwows. And so we like to just sit around and kick around ideas, or sometimes we have an actual agenda. Mm-hmm. We like to kick around ideas, especially early on. And, you know, I, I don't know. I guess just being a fan of it, I've always wanted to build my own sort of world. And we have time travel paradoxes and interdimensional uh, uh, lady uh, messiah uh, character that's going to come in later. And, mm-hmm. you know, and Ben had an idea for sort of a sci-fi comic um, that we're still planning on doing as, uh, you know, monthly, potentially, you know, that's all kind of down to the crowdfunding and stuff. But, and uh, I don't know, I, it's just the way, it's just sort of the story logic. It's like, well, I can't really just have that character for no reason. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make sense. They need to have, you know, they need to have an, an antagonist, you know, why are they doing that? And through asking those questions and, you know, just talking through with Ben and myself talking through different potential plot lines and things like that, we just sort of figure out, you know, and then eventually we just said, let's make it six mm-hmm. to make it tidy. And then I can outline from there. But I know, you know, the, the nature of it being a connected universe, mm-hmm. I know where we're ending up in the Glurk and Bo series. And then I can just sort of fill in the, the bricks in between there. So the, the, the fun of it or the discovery is, is sort of maybe sort of the interlude you get to take in the middle, um, always knowing the conclusion point that you want to get to. Is, is that where most of the discovery is? Yeah. And, and sometimes knowing where you're going to go 
we'll change something that you thought was going to work. You know, I had an idea for a sort of, uh, what killing a character, we'll just Mm -hmm. say by the end. And now I don't think I'm going to, because it's kind of like, well, we could do so much more with them and, you know, but I don't know. We'll see. Maybe somebody dies, but Awesome. So uh, another thing for, path- for pathos, if nothing else. <laughs> so another thing that you had mentioned is, is the destination where, where our two space truckers are going to get to. Um, and I know in some of the past um, interviews we've had, uh, you know, you've mentioned, and I always love this tagline that it's an Arthur C. Clarke uh, book meets pineapple express and yeah. the, the location where these guys are going um, also is mentioned in 2001. Um, so is there a little bit of, of that, uh, you know, that, that influence sort of using the same location? Uh, you mean Europa? Is it Europa they tell them not to go to? In 2001, it is Europa. Okay. All these worlds are yours except Europa. Um, and that, I mean, it is very much, I mean, all th- Space Odyssey influences mm-hmm. my life every day. Um, I am taking the Europa thing in a little different direction than uh, Sir Arthur, but um, that is actually not the end game of all six. Okay, Europa is a big part of it because that's where Glurk is from. Um, and so I, I'm using the paradoxes in a similar way of the story of the Space Odyssey is that there are these super aliens that probably pushed helped along our evolution on earth and they're also helping along this evolution on europa Mm -hmm. so that's i mean the main story and i am also talking about life forms developing on europa but in a naturalistic way well sort of yeah (laughs) there is an instigator in there but she will be a bit more humanized for lack of a better word. She's not human though. Awesome. So it, it would seem safe to say that the playing with the moons of Jupiter um, is, you know, a, a great influence on you. And yeah. And also just naming different celestial bodies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really, I took, okay. I took when I was uh, doing my art degree, I took uh, physics, stars, and galaxies as uh, one of my science credits. And that was one of the top five classes I've probably ever taken in my life just because of, I think my brain was ready to receive the information like math, but it was also just sort of the visual visualization component of like, okay, these are where the planets are and they're continuously moving around, just sort of being able to give you a scale of space in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of it's, you know, you can only think of so many to the powers, but, you know, and Ben likes to laugh because I'm, I get to be a stickler of like, no, we're not talking about the galaxy. We're just in the solar system. Mm-hmm. This is not intergalactic. People are only here, you know, that kind of thing. And so, and then uh, I'm writing number three right now and I'm getting into the, um, there's an asteroid belt, I think on the other side of Saturn, 
that is the Kuiper belt. And so I'm and they're they keep discovering more and more like they like planetoids or little guys out there. Um, so I love the names like a uh, gong gong or uh, oh, I can't <laughs> I can't think of it. Uh, make make, um, you know, there's just great names of stuff out there. And there's so many little things floating around out there that mm-hmm. are going to be in our future. And, um, I am definitely, I'm on the nasa.com or nasa.gov site all the time, looking at their diagrams, or, uh, I found a great, I think some college student built it. It's like a solar system simulator. And so you can up to a thousand years, you can see where in orbit one of the celestial bodies will be. <laughs> oh, wow. So have you ever like, um, done so much world building that you try to figure out sort of distances and how long realistically with sort of the tech that's available to them that it would take to, to travel to different locations? A little bit. I do. I have allowed myself a little bit of breathing room and just being like, okay, I, you know, maybe not. I'm not, I'm not a, you know, phys scientist, but um, in uh, number one, there is a number I believe it's 4.1 AU. They're saying they're like, or 40, some 41 AU or something away. And that's astronomical units. That's the, like one astronomical unit is 93 million miles, which is earth to sun. Mm-hmm. And so that is our, one of our space measuring units um, is at one AU. And so I like went through, and this is all stuff that like that physics class, you know, And so it was like, oh, there's actually tools to sort of figure out, you know, I always loved when it's actually accurate in Star Trek, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, wait a second, that ship can't be a hundred thousand kilometers away. You would be, or, you know, and they show it really far away. It's, you know, that's silly, but. So did you, I'm sorry, go ahead. I cut you off. No, please. So. I, do you think about it somewhat like, uh, the book, uh, the Martian? I don't know if you read that, but like, I saw the movie. Okay. But like, uh, you know, they, they took liberties with things and there was, you know, obviously, you know, future missions where, you know, a reactor had been put there, but like it got down to the part in the book where like they did calculations on the amount of calories that he could eat from the potatoes and how long, how many souls he had. So like, it seems like you're doing a little bit of that where you have, you have some science, but you're also sort of bending the rules and sort of not going in everything so that you can do like fun storytelling as well. Yeah. I mean, a lot of that does come from being a Clark head. Mm -hmm. And I mean, he did all the math on, you know, it was everything because he was a, astrophysicist and he invented the communication satellite like literally so i mean i could never hope you know i'm just an art major sure but uh i think it at least brings some more believability you know it isn't star wars Mm -hmm. it's you know i love star wars but um There's there's more use with science fiction if it's a little more real, especially if you're trying to have a moral of the story. I feel like 
Um, with us, with the Europa thing, we're doing a lot of uh, colonialism. We'll get into that a little bit more. Like there is a treaty for um, to keep humans m- more than less, more or less off of Europa. Okay. But they, but Europeans also have an almost kind of selective service that they have to do basically working on these cargo ships or whatever, working on space stations and stuff. Um, so I like, if it was totally kooky, that message may not get through as well, maybe. And other messages that we have in there. Yeah, I mean, all this stuff sounds sounds really great. So uh, pre, uh, pre-show, we did a little bit of talk, um, you know, state of the world. You guys are in Texas. Yeah. Um, and initially, this Kickstarter was scheduled to go uh, on the first day of March. But you yes. guys have had to sort of shift that back to, to the 15th. So do you want to talk a little bit about sort of what was going on with you guys at the time and then how that sort of impacted your ability to, to work on the, the comic and the Kickstarter? Yeah, well, for uh, Under the Rock people, uh, we live in Texas and it froze here a lot. And um, Ben and I lost power. We lost you know, some pay because we just had, you know, to stay home and, you know, try and stay warm, keep mm-hmm. family members warm and stuff. And, uh, and we're very big on having our book finished, like totally ready to go when we start the Kickstarter. Yeah. Um, that was just how we did the first one and it worked out really well. And, you know, anyone that, all the feedback we get, you know, that's the way to do it. So we lost a week of being able to pay our, our guys to finish like some uh, filler pages and stuff like that. Um, So we decided to push our Kickstarter back two weeks um, just to give ourselves some time to finish like our Kickstarter campaign. You know, Ben and I have been doing like some graphic design in there and we're going to do um, uh, three like video content streams to promote our Kickstarter. So there'll be some video content. Um, and so we just wanted to give ourselves a little bit of breathing space, you know, not try and like shoot ourselves in the foot mm-hmm. um, to just make it happen. And I think we're breathing a lot easier doing that. And, um, you know, I think, you know, it's really hard to get people to know that your campaign is happening. And so Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe we got like a little bit of a soft opening of like getting the word out. And then when it really happens, you know, we'll see how that works out. But I mean, Ben does so much work on the production side in making all of the funding happen and all of that. And, um, you know, and he was just like, Hey, you know, I really think this is what we should do and just behind him. And so we, I believe the 15th is our uh, starting date for our Kickstarter campaign. And we're just going to be all over, uh, all over the socials telling people about it. So. Awesome. So you and Ben are in Texas, but like uh, Jimmy G, he's the colorist, right? Yeah. Is he, where, where is he located? 
He is in Poland. Oh, he's in Poland. And your artist, he is uh, international as well, right? In Perth, Australia, or roundabout. So we, it is a global, uh, it's a uh, global conspiracy, the Glerk and Bow books. Um, and I think we're, we have a buddy in Russia that like did our, our back page mm-hmm. for number one. Um, that's been doing some work for Max Bemis. Um, we've got a couple guys, like we're looking at doing some sequentials and like just some promo art and stuff. One in, uh, Istanbul and the other in, uh, Brazil, I believe. So we're all over. So obviously during that time where you guys were without power working, you know, to keep family safe and, and warm, uh, did you have, you know, that was obviously your top priority, but were you also able to sort of still communicate with those guys that were in different areas? Maybe like when you, you, you know, you, your cell phone still had a little bit of service and you were like, Hey guys, this is what's going on with us right now. If we're not responsive, it's because of this, this, and this. And as soon as everything gets cleared up, we'll, we'll be back, uh, you know, running full speed. Yeah. I think with, Tom and Jimmy, it wasn't as big a deal because we pretty much had all the art done uh, weeks before that happened. Okay. Um, we're kind of, I think we were getting letters coming in at that time uh, or they're, uh, uh, we have them now. Uh, I think we were getting letter pages in and like working on um, getting our, oh, our fake ads finished up and all of that stuff but i think all the sequential art was already done so we there were you know we had a little bit of a breathing space uh but we just wanted to we did i mean most of what happened is he and i work you know a couple jobs or two Mm -hmm. and we just lost all the pay from those from that week basically so that was the real hit and we uh are big on paying our artists. So that was re- really slowed us down. Okay. So, um, you know, we talked a little bit about uh, this issue and issue two. Um, let's talk a little bit about sort of like lessons learned that maybe you would have had from from Kickstarter, the, the first Kickstarter. Um, and you, if I remember correctly, you guys sort of, you, um, you had sort of a, uh, a modest funding goal for, for one. And you mm-hmm. sort, did you also have sort of like a short, shortened time frame for, for one? We did a, I think it was a 30 day campaign. Okay, 30. Yeah. And our goal was 600, mm-hmm. but we did, I think we did 11 or 14, mm-hmm. 15, 67. I'm, I'm seeing now. And so it was, we were super happy with that. Um, lessons learned was a lot of, just like how to market it best, how to make it look really good. Um, we've done a lot of like reworking where information is in the campaign and just spending some time on Photoshop and stuff like that. So, uh, and yeah, I mean, a lot of it's just real specific things on making it look professional versus, mm-hmm. you know, just guys doing it. Sure. So I, you know, I think what unique about uh you guys at uh bg comics is is that uh it's 
you know, you, you have Ben working as sort of the, not sort of, he's, he's the sort of the publisher. Um, so you guys are able to sort of work together. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of Kickstarters, it might be somebody who's a writer goes out, finds, you know, all the people for the art team gets all that together then runs the Kickstarter. He's that, that person is sort of, you know, running it, but uh, with you guys being a team that allows you to do different things is, is that, does that allow you to also sort of split your sort of day that like some of your day could be promotional and some of your day can be sort of taking a step back from that and sitting down and, you know, writing some pages of future issues or working on some of those stories that are going to be in that universe. Like, so how do you handle that? Do you do a little bit here, a little bit there, or how scheduled are you? I I would say it's pretty haphazard (laughs) to be honest. Um, You know, he and I are real busy so we just find time to do stuff. Um, we we do have sort of, you know, long-term goals, like saying like, okay, by the end of this month, we'll have this done, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, we have been able to take our hands off a little bit because uh, our artist is involved with a, different project that is he uh i guess i don't know how much i can say he's under contract to to work on something else Mm -hmm. so uh we won't start sequentials for number three until november so we got a little bit of time whereas we were gonna try and do it pretty much after the kickstarter for number two was done Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm glad for because it does let me slow down my writing schedule a little bit or else I would be, you know, every single night spending an hour or so, or I see you are always on uh, Twitter saying like, I've done like 6,000 words today. Is, is that you? Uh, I don't do, I don't do word counts. I do, uh, I do page counts. Okay. That's what uh, I'll do. Like, well, I started off doing like one page, at least one page a day. Um, and I've gotten to the point where I do at least four pages a day, but those pages are very rough sometimes, you know, there sure. might not be dialogue. It might just be like person A goes into this location. This is what they want. Uh, this is what we see. They're, they're not really detailed, but it's just a way okay. for me to try to keep building a, a page. So, yeah. That's super smart. I, I mean, I'm envious of that. I mean, my day job is sort of time, uh, you know, every, I have to like do it with my hands so Mm -hmm. I can't multitask. Sure. Um, but you know, we get things done. I'm also doing like a freelance writing, uh, deal right now where I am being more sort of scheduled about it, I guess is the word where I have like, okay, two 30 minute blocks today wherever that happens, it doesn't matter. Cause I'm sort of a scatterbrain. So if I wake up really early for some reason, then wow, there's an hour, you know, mm-hmm. before everything else starts. But, um, I don't know. I, I guess I would like to be better about that, but I think some of it is, I know it's some of the writing process, you know, it, it's sort of the balance of, planning out all your writing and discovering certain details. Mm -hmm. If I was doing, if I, 
I like to do dialogue in a, I like to get in a zone, turn on specific music and just sort of zone out, especially when I'm doing dialogue or something. So I'm just like hearing the, you know, the characters say it. Um, so that way, hopefully it's a little more real, but, but I, I, I find that that's a little hard to plan. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I guess I'm still figuring out that process. So that would lead me to two questions. Uh, first would be when you're sort of doing that art restoration and you're sort of head down, you know, with your hands, um, you know, a lot of times if you're on a walk or you're, you're in the shower, like a story idea like pops to, you, to your head, sort of like your subconscious is working on that story. Do you ever have those moments where you might be, you know, at the day job cleaning something up and you're like, oh, this is what I need this person to do, or this is the obstacle that they need to, that they need to face next? Oh, any, any time where there's a lapse in concentration, it's, oh, what is, you know, there's characters now that haven't been introduced yet. There's one specifically that I'm trying to figure out. Uh, oh, screw it. I'll just, her name's Vom, mm -hmm. V-O-M. And I'm really trying to figure out this character because she's going to be really alien. Okay. Um. And so, you know, I have legal pads sitting around. I actually made myself uh, like a dry erase board on my door here. I have like a little just piece of acrylic that I just scribble on. So I have two columns, you know, where I just scribble little notes or something. Um, I experimented with going on a walk and using my voice memo mm -hmm. to just dictate notes but then I have like a two hour long <laughs> file of just nonsense. So I'm not sure that's the best way. But And you also mentioned that uh, sort of when you're writing dialogue, you have to get into a different headspace and you're, you're listening to music. Um, I don't know if this is the case for you, but certainly for me, I can't listen to stuff with lyrics when yeah. I am doing dialogue. Um I can sort of do panel descriptions with like the TV on and sort of like half paying attention to it. Cause again, I'm like person a needs to be here. This is the situation. Technical this is what they writing, want. Yeah. But when I'm sort of in that, that zone where I want to put uh, the, um, you know, the dialogue, the words to it, I, I can't listen to, I can't have the TV on. I can't listen to the stuff with, with lyrics. So it seems like you, you listen to stuff without lyrics as well when you're doing dialogue. Yeah, I like uh, real. Uh, I like some Mingus, some Charles Mingus or Sun Ra, which is a little weirder jazz, or like some good, like really deep house. Definitely without lyrics, yeah. you know, nothing that I can sing along to that's going to be distracting. Um, I can like boop, boop, doo, 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 boop, boop. That's okay. Kind of hum along. That That's okay. But definitely no singing that's distracting yeah i'm a i'm a big sort of indie instrumental uh rock sort of like explosions in the sky uh, that yeah. kind of stuff and like you can sort of get into a moment where magically uh you know the things just sort of sync up where it's sort of like you know you might be writing action and like the the music like picks up and sort of crescendos and stuff like that those moments are are, are pretty awesome Absolutely. And I'm a big fan of the repeat when I'm writing. So especially like a good house track that 
just kind of goes in and you know uh sorry ben is <laughs> hitting me up for something um and it can just repeat loop over and over you just kind of lose time that's that's the sweet stuff awesome awesome well you know uh, this has been i think this has been great because this a lot of times uh when i do this podcast you know it'll be somebody who's who's more uh well you, you're an artist on your own but it seems like in this sort of uh in this job you know for Gurk and Bo you're, you're focusing on on the writing um so this was like a really good sort of in-depth sort of ticks and and tricks for 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 writers that that we had here um so you know at the time of this recording we're about what are we about uh nine ten days away from from the kickstarter launching yeah if things go to plan there yes Awesome. So, um, oh, another thing I wanted to ask you before we finish up, I think it was Ben I saw posted that I guess maybe he got uh, issue one in like a, like a music store near you guys. Yeah, there's, well, he has been working at a uh, shop, a comic shop collected uh, in Keller, Texas. They have a branch in Fort Worth as well. Um, so we have, I think we have some copies at those shops. Um, there is a shop or a, a, like you were saying, a record store in town, dreamy life records, very small local chill peeps, um, that have some copies there. We're trying to find just more and more local places, mm -hmm. but we also, there's one in, uh, there's a shop in Sacramento, California. I think it's called empire comics. Uh, we've got some out there. So, I mean, that's, that's all been, man. I mean, he is, he's just all over it, but, uh, I think there's some other spots we're going to try and keep, uh, like on our Facebook page or on the Kickstarter or on our website, um, a good list of spots where you can actually go and just buy a physical one. Um, or we'll just ship it to you. Yeah. So how, uh, like that moment, have you ever sort of walked into any of those locations and just sort of seen that book physically, like sitting there and like, how cool was that for you? It was really, really cool. I actually, I took the ones to dreamy life. Um, and then, uh, I just splayed them out on the counter there and it was kind of like, that's pretty cool. Nice. And uh, I was thinking also uh, for anybody who wasn't on uh, issue one for this Kickstarter, are you going to do a tier where they can sort of catch up and get like one and two together? Absolutely. We've definitely talked about doing that, uh, getting the uh, one and two uh, deal. I, I don't have numbers uh, in my head yet because Ben does the numbers and I do the characters, but that's not totally true. We both do that, but. Um, I mean, we'll definitely offer that. I think we're going to try and do another shirt. We're going to have more of those, uh, posters. We do have like a tabloid posters, uh, live stickers, um, but definitely one and two will both be available. Awesome. And I think this is the case, but I just want to check, uh, if people go to your website, uh, it's bgcomics.com. And is there is there still like a like a five page sample like ash can to to read of, of number one if they want to sort of catch up? That is a good question. I I believe that is available on globalcomics.com. Global Comics, okay. 
And then we're also on Comixology. Uh, there's like a three-page preview that Comixology has available before you purchase, but you know, just go, just go ahead and do it. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. So, um, but yes, just, on just our get- on our website. Sorry to no interrupt you. On our website, um, we have a spot where it says buy local uh, and support your LCS. So that should be a list of shops uh, that we have. So Colorado, two in California, and three in Texas so far. Very cool. Yeah. All right. So you know, I uh, I have issue one. I I love it, and I'm excited for for issue two coming up here soon. Um, you know, and and I'm glad to, to catch up with you guys uh, anytime. Um, but as we as we finish up here, as we normally do, um, do you want to let people know where they can find uh, BG Comics online, yourself, and uh, just talk a little bit of a more about the Kickstarter? And we'll link all of these things in the in the show notes of the podcast to make it as easy as possible for for folks to click and and go right there. Cool, thank you. Yeah, um, the best place is bgcomics.com, um, or you can find us on Facebook at BG Comics. Uh, Instagram, BG Comic Books, um, and I'm on Twitter at uh, tee.es.k. The real fans can figure that out, uh, or you know, we're on Facebook and whatever. That's fine. Um, we're also for our Kickstarter. We're going to be launching that. We'll probably be spamming all of those things. Um, we're also going to do a little uh, three series. Uh, of a live stream show that we're called the infinity soundcheck. Um, and that's where we like to, of course, hawk our comics mm-hmm. and then uh, showcase like a local artist or musician or something. I believe this time uh, we've got a, uh, an awesome Fort Worth rapper uh, that's going to hang out with us on our second video. Um, so we're just all about having content and just having more stuff for people to look at as well as the comics. Very cool. And actually, I almost forgot to ask one of the questions I asked people who oh. are doing, doing a Kickstarter. And I think I might know the question because you guys said you guys are really busy. But once the Kickstarter is up and going, how do you uh, maintain your sanity? Are you are you clicking the refresh page? Oh, or is God. Ben clicking the refresh page every 30 seconds to see where you guys are? We are habitual refreshers uh last time we were just sending each other you know updates we're at we're at 100 you know all that stuff and then it was like wow okay and then after a certain point i don't think we updated each other because it was like we were patting ourselves on the back a little bit too much but uh that is yeah i think i think we'll be okay but the first time around we were definitely a little worried Mm -hmm. And I think another weird thing is it's I've I don't know if you guys had this experience, but, you know, like it's almost like that saying like a, a, a boiled a, a boiled a watch boiled watch pot. pot. Yeah. yeah. Like I found that, like, if I'm sitting here in front of my computer hitting that button to see if it refreshes, nothing happens. But then, like, I have to go out and run an errand and I can come back to sort of like oh. the wonderful news that, like, while I was out doing this thing and not thinking about it, like two backers came in like it, it's yeah. weird like that or it's like why why isn't she texting me back <laughs> you know what is wrong why does she hate me and an hour later you know it's fine yeah awesome <laughs> so um 
how about uh i know that you did this earlier uh but how about uh, just a little bit more about uh you know the adventures that we're going to see in issue two in number two uh glurk and Bo go to titan station and they wake up from cryosleep again so at the end of number one they are tucked away in their cryosleep under nightmare hypnosis by the dark creature mm-hmm. they wake up at titan station and find out that uh things have gotten way worse and it's real this time um yeah i don't want to give too much away but there's a lot of good action and there is a new character judy uh who is super super awesome and uh she and Bo have a thing and we get into sort of finding out more about other people, how other people live in this universe. And, um, and that space station is really pretty the way Tom drew that space station. Very cool. Well, well, I'm excited about this and, uh, you know, I'll be, you know, day one when you guys hit that launch button, I already have my, my notification button set up. So, you know, between now and then folks can, can do that. And they, you know, that's a, a really cool function that, you know, you get that email delivered to your uh, email box sort of as a reminder that, hey, that project you were looking at launched today. So, you know, now, now is the time to go ahead and do that. So, um, but, you know, you have an open invite. You guys, uh, you guys are sort of up there with the, uh, the three timers, which is a sort of a rare, rare club. So uh, we, we'd love to have you guys back. Um, I know there's going to be a little bit of time between two and three, but anytime you guys want to come back and, and talk about uh, this, we, we'd love to, to have you back on. Yeah, we'd love to. I'll drop another little cookie because of that uh, delay from two and three. We're working on uh, putting together some anthology stuff. Oh, cool! So we're gonna fill that time. Don't worry. Nice. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta stay uh, sort of in the mix of creativity. That's right. That's right. Cool. cool. Well, uh, Tyler, thanks uh, for 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 being on. Uh, I had a uh, I had a great time uh, talking with you. Um, so uh, for anybody listening, if you could give us a rating and review on the podcasting service you use, we really appreciate it. If you want to follow the podcast, we're on Twitter at ConstructComPod. Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod and Facebook is Constructing Comics. Um, we're going to have links to all of BG's comics, uh, social media in the show notes um, and a link to that uh, pre-launch page for, for the Kickstarter. I'd like to uh, thank everybody for listening. Please be nice, be safe, and go out there and make some comics.